salutations, my fellow blurs, nerds, and peaceful herds. It's what's going on? It's your boy Codename Common. And we're also joined tonight by the man, the myth, the legend. It's been a while, but it's back like he never left. Say what's up to the people, K Mitch. Shout out to my nigga Mitch. What it do, baby? I feel hey. like a guest pastor over here. Leaning <laughs> forward with my hands together, getting the fire introduction. Happy right. to be joining y'all boys, man. I'm excited for today. Man, it's been a while. You know, Mitch was our first ever guest on the podcast, on the second episode ever. And we had a whole season without K. Mitch. Just didn't feel right. Just didn't right. feel right. And we tried, you know, we tried to get our guest pastor back. Like, there's not a season without the guest pastor. But um, I don't know. I don't know if the we're the kind of type that we don't talk, we don't we don't come up with a topic until it's something that resonates with us. And just at the time, there was nothing that really caught, you know, caught all our attention. But so, uh, you know, welcome back. First and foremost, my dog, like, it's been a minute. I hope all is been well. Man, it's been a minute. Life is good. God is good. You know, counting our blessings, watching the growth from you all. I might not have been on, but I've been catching the episodes. And I kind of like it that I don't appear as frequent as other guests because I like to keep a level of mystique. You know what I mean? So <laughs> sort of like when J. Cole drops his albums, you know, like you don't get it often enough. But when it does come, you know, I have your attention. So as you said, Codename Comment, today's topic that I'm not going to steal the thunder from, really provoked thought out of all of us, man. I'm happy to be on to share my thoughts on this, and I hope you guys like it, man. Awesome. So today's topic is very long, long due. We are going to cover The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Disney Plus's second MCU show to debut. And, you know, y'all ready? We know already ripped the Band-Aid off. Let's just go and get into it. I got to address the elephant in the room. Um, when I felt that Disney was tackling race, I was very standoffish at first. Uh, I'm posed the first question to the guest, Mitch. How, how do you feel Falcon and the Winter Soldier handled the race issue? You know what? To, to be quite frank with you, I was very hesitant at first. I thought as an entity, Disney had no place trying to tackle a subject as complex as race, race from a Black America lens, race for a Black America lens in a global audience. So I, I definitely felt as if it couldn't be done. And, and after watching six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they, I believe they use appropriate characters to sort of marginally highlight different different realities we have to deal with, but they didn't take it there, right? The the sort of negative occurrences or the, the negative memories being brought to life came from upstanding African-American individuals, not the everyday common folk. So I, I felt like it's one of those you're a credit to your race type vibes if we're taking it back to the 60s and 70s, you know, um, more so than, hey, we're telling you or bringing a light to a trauma 
or traumas to where not necessarily our superheroes or the the protagonists of this series are going to sort of do right by with the I guess exclusion of Isaiah Bradley vaguely but also feel like they touched on you know black stories black struggles with Isaiah Bradley stuff Sam and his sister uh felt with uh stuff uh U.S. agent Slacky I'm not gonna call him by his real name U.S. agent Slacky when he got hey, killed in U.S. agent as a black man, as a black man, I would give him the love of calling him Battlestar. No galactic. His mama named him Lamar, right? Okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but when U.S. Agent said, you know, his life didn't matter to you, like I, that was so small, something marginally touched on. But I think it was appropriate. I can't say nothing bad about it. Of course, as mm-hmm. an audience member. I would yearn from them to take it up a notch and really do the damn thing. But it, I can say with my hesitance, Disney did a great job with it. Oh, no, good job with it. Yeah. I, um, I, like, I, I, I like how you mentioned um, they, they showed a very marginalized version of the race concept. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, um, if you think about it, a lot of the areas shown were more of the more harmonious, the nicer areas. But when it comes down to, even down to as, as small as something like Isaiah Bradley's city street, his 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 block, you didn't really get a lot of it. We we you know even getting to it. There was no transition there. It was more of a cut scene to a place that, you know, Bucky knew of. Um, I would have liked to see more of what is really going down, like what kind of reality is Isaiah really going, you know, is really living with. And to take it to take it even further, I would have liked to see even more to what Sarah, you know, Sam's sister was going through. Um, I don't think they I think they they touched on the struggle, but I don't really feel like they dived into it. And and maybe that that comes from not having someone like a Coogler um to tell that portion of the story or have the understanding to tell that portion of the story. But I feel like when you have someone like a Ryan Kluger on your staff as close as Black Panther and you have, you know, members from Wakanda in the story, why not, you know, bring him in at least as a, a, liaison, a liaison to, you know, add more culture to the story. But, um, I think if we were to grade it, I think overall, I think Disney did a B minus. I think uh, I'll give it a B for the effort. Um, because like you said, it's like, you, you know, you, you, you become hesitant at the, at the forefront of your thoughts. Like when you hear Disney's tackling race, knowing like, you know, everything that Disney's, you know, done, like shown over the years, like, it's hard to believe that race is going to be the one that they're going to be able to do, you know, properly. It, it's definitely interesting that, um, you know, for Disney to make that move, I feel like they were very subtle 
with their with their shows so far, like you don't really know what you're going to get. Uh, like in WandaVision, you, you could kind of tell that they were going to tackle trauma in there eventually. But, you know, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was expecting just like an action show, you know, maybe with some espionage. That's what I had read. But I think it was that Isaiah Bradley episode that really opened my eyes and like, okay, they're they're really going to try to do this right now. They're really going to talk about race in this climate that we're in right now with everything that's going on. And to to, to piggyback off um, something that Mitch said earlier with Isaiah Bradley's character, he was somewhat of that focal point when it came to, you know, how um, the the whole the whole race came came from him, the the, the race topic. And what I really liked was a subtle thing they did is when they told when he told Sam the story of what happened when he went in and he broke out his his comrades and somebody made a awesome parallel video on YouTube. It is almost bit for bit the same thing that Steve Rogers did in the first Captain America movie where he was praised, hailed as a hero, thrown into this big spotlight. That was his transformation from being war propaganda to being the Captain America we all know. Right. And for him to receive all of that and Isaiah to be tortured, sent to jail, have his identity erased, having to, you know, basically get his life back based on the kindness of a stranger. Right. And even at the end, that monument towards him in the Captain America exhibit, I feel like even that isn't enough to make up for for what what he went through, what happened. It's not. Because even throughout it all, they don't even show him as Captain America. They don't show him as who he portrayed himself to be in the moment of him doing something that saved like hundreds of people's lives and it doesn't really make sense it's like like you've taken you've taken not only 30 years of, from, from this man you've taken this man's life because like you said like you know he was dishonor dishonorably discharged you know he went to prison you know military prison for 30 years like he had nothing after that we talked about his block like he he had he didn't have much you know, and as the little things that you could have done is at least put the man in the in the damn suit. Fuck that suit. Hey, if I could interject here, one thing I really loved about Isaiah Bradley's character when he is bringing to our light in his conversation with Sam his troubles. And then Sam came back and, you know, was sort of hinting at, you know, what he what he wants to do, his desires to sort of create a new representation or a new dignity for for black men. I like how Isaiah Bradley said, you think they're going to put a black Captain America or put a black man in his suit? I can't remember what it was verbatim, but 
And that moment, that felt so real. That felt so sincere because I, I definitely believe to the, the casual observer who wasn't paying genuinely enough attention to what Isaiah Bradley had to say because unfortunately there weren't a lot of people or there were a lot of people that kind of didn't care. They just wanted to tune in for the action, the espionage. Unfortunately, they didn't want to hear about character stories if it doesn't align with the person they look like, just going to call a spade a spade. But in Isaiah Bradley's character story, people could see him as just an old, angry Black person. But if you really listen to what he experienced, the things he did, the service, the naiveness he, he gave for his country doing what he did and to be treated as he did and then to have Sam, someone he see as another young African-American that they're going to take advantage of, just say, hey, I, I kind of want to, you know, do the right thing, you know, follow suit and, and you know, stay along, uh, stay along with the cause, I should say. And I thought that was very uh, authentic for Isaiah Bradley to be uh, objective and not interested in, in Sam's plight. Not like, in my opinion, it was anything against Sam, but just more so his reality, his testimony. He only knows how he and people like he, him been experienced. Like, I can understand right. why he wouldn't grasp the fact that they would want a black Captain America. He needed that pushback. Like, he needed that pushback from someone who understood the situation. And you know what's interesting? A lot of the focus was on the Captain Americas in the show, obviously, but... Uh, Don Cheadle's roadie appeared in the first episode and for a time he was the Iron Patriot and mm -hmm. it's not the same thing as Captain America but I feel like it was one of those moves that's done to kind of say like hey you know we're with you you're with us you know unity but then they mm -hmm. put it in the absolute worst Iron Man movie. I don't even know if that shit's even canon. So I don't even know why I brought that up. But it's canon. <laughs> it should because be. they when they brought the kid back, it became canon. It shouldn't be. But it'll make it it'll make it any better of a movie. What what do y'all how do y'all think that how Rhodey would have reacted to 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 talking to Isaiah Bradley? What do you think that conversation would have went like? Knowing how he's a little bit more, you know. I feel like he's more closely attached to the government than Sam is. Um, to be quite honest, I don't know if it would. It, it, I don't know. They would. They words. I don't think they would have really developed like a more of a cohesive relationship like he and Sam had because of his ties to the government and because I feel like Rhodey has a personality is a little less malleable, um, less likely to change like how he feels about things, like even down to, um, you take it back to the Sokovia record, you know, uh, uh, Accords and him being willing to put his friends in jail simply because they had broken the law. Mm. Um, so I don't think that, I think, you know, he, hearing how I think he would have understood how Isaiah felt because you know he even 
you know, he, he said it himself, like he asked Sam, why didn't he take it? Because and he didn't actually say the words, but he said, you know, basically along the lines of, you know, change is needed. Basically, like a black Captain America is something that could be necessary. Um, but I think that they, they teased at it then. But the Isaiah episode and really Sarah, they kind of pushed the envelope of this is the black struggle. This is what's really you know happening out here. You're like you really have to wake up. And I think it was perfect to do it through Sam, who's kind of a wide-eyed hero, um, who really feels as though like if you do the right thing, um, you know, or as he says, as you do the work, um only good will come of that. And he's not wrong, but at the same token, there is also a reality to the way that things happen. Token. <laughs> token. <laughs> I mean he was the one he was the one black guy for, for a bit. Uh I like what you said, Dom, but I'm gonna take it all the way there because I'm the guest and I can speak my truth. Do it. Speak it's on it. Truth, speak on it. <laughs> Let me tell you something right here. Let me tell you something right here. Rody would have came in this situation like a sucker. <laughs> He's the same sucker that went with the, the Accords, right? He's right. the same sucker that got paralyzed to fight for them people and still went back to his board. His, uh, his, uh, I don't, I don't want to say any degrading terms, but his sort of investor in Tony Stark. Tony Stark, save me. Tony Stark, come put money in me. Hey, Isaiah Bradley, don't worry about that. That's in the past. We got a new time now. Look, I'm an Avenger. He's an Avenger. You don't have to worry about that. You see those Scandinavian accords I had people sign that I went along with? That was to read all the bad guys because I am roadie. But on a good day, I can be Iron Patriot. Man, that's how he would have handled it, like a sucker. So what you're saying is Isaiah Bradley, he would have called him a coon. Likely. And, and, and a few others, <laughs> I honestly don't believe Rody walks into Isaiah Bradley's house. Mm-hmm. I feel like bros, we know. For the longest <laughs> really doesn't audience, hit that street, bro. Elijah wouldn't let him in. Elijah uh, wouldn't let him in. Eli, Eli don't open that door, son. <laughs> Eli definitely don't open that door. A larger audience wouldn't understand, but the three of us talking, we know it's level to this. Sam had enough level to at least have a conversation. Yeah. Rody doesn't get inside, you know? Let's let's pivot over to Sam um, as the main character, becoming the new Captain America, uh, taking that back for the culture. And um, I'm not going to lie. I found it very hard to rock with Sam for a lot of the show. I think it just might have been the climate of the times, but he just seemed very soft on a lot of issues. And if this had happened... I don't know, maybe in the 90s, early 2000s, maybe, mm-hmm. like, things could have been a little bit different, but I would have I would have liked to see him go a little bit harder, and I hope we see some of that in um, the, the, the movie, the next time we see him as Captain America, but 
You know, there was just, he seemed to not, I don't know, like he seemed to not get it. Like when he went no, to I, the I bank. Think, I think he, you, yeah, I think you are right about like, that. Like I, when I, he was trying to get get the loan and stuff with his sister. Yeah. It's like, bro, like it don't he matter. Just does, it's just like, like he just doesn't understand. Like your military service doesn't matter. Why can't he get a, a VA, some type of VA loan? Like the, you saved the world how many times? How, how does it matter? The country, the world. And it's like they're asking you how you make money as somebody who has helped somebody in the home buying process who has the non-standard W-2s. That shit, they say to black people, when you making too much money or you don't have enough money, uh, it's just something they say to black people. I've heard it enough. And I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. And I really, I like the way he came at the lawmakers in the last episode. That, uh, you, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, I felt like that was the moment he really kind of woke up to his the reality of the situation and what his role was because up until that point it kind of seemed like he was he was along he was just playing the fence a little bit you know he wanted to believe that the government would do the right thing but at the same time he wanted to bucky was basically like you got to take this into your own hands he didn't want to but he wasn't going to let bucky do it by himself um so i i feel like it <laughs> In a way, I, it sucks that they 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 brought the white man to do, making the black guy do what he's supposed to do. But I, I like first and foremost, this is the most we've got to see Sam in his element of just you know fighting and they kind of like, raw. Oh. Uh... <laughs> I like the way he fights. I wish yeah. he would win more. Yeah, I think I think that's <laughs> I think that's just the re, that's just the reality of his, his the human in him, and I think they show that because he is the only one that you know he and at this point it kind of seems like he refuses to do something, whether it be something techno you know technological or taking the serum when he has he has the opportunity like or you know anything you know that would give him some sort of increased strength so it's like this is just a human dude with with wings and skills and now a shield so i i, I think he gonna i think he gonna lose some scraps but he gonna get back up one and- thing i think is interesting about sam's fighting style if you think about his his character portrayal, he is a, a pararescue man in the Air Force. That's the Air Force's special ops group. There are only roughly 500 of those human beings on Earth right now, less than 500. So from a skill set standpoint, he, you kind of come with that prerequisite, even when he's introduced from the first Captain America movie, he's a military guy. He's an SF guy. That's what initially won Black Widow over when she was like, why you mess with this dude? Because just being a military Sam Wilson ain't good enough. He has to be a special forces Sam Wilson military guy to get her trust all of a sudden. And then I also think about sort of U.S. agent. 
when he became Captain America, his qualifications was sort of like another super soldier type skill set and a lot of these uh you know rewards and acclimations yeah, he, was, he, was supposed, he was supposed to allegedly that nigga right 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 but yet in this in a sense you you will feel like both of in my opinion both of their skill sets mirrored each other that they seem like it's as good as it's going to get in hand-to-hand combat from a human's form because I felt like U.S. agent done some stuff. I was like, wow. And then actually see, like you guys alluded to, Sam Wilson kicking ass. You're like, wow. And the only correlation I could draw between the two are the fact that both of them are U.S. military trained, you know? Yeah. Speaking of um, the, um, the, tr- the training they did, I think um, it was interesting that we saw um US agent training with the shield we saw how Sam trained with the shield and if you saw like even their styles there you know I feel like Sam was a combination of the way Steve Rogers used the shield mm-hmm. and incorporating some new stuff that that he could use himself whereas right. um US agent it was just a lot of force there wasn't much finesse with it he was very reckless with the shield and he was just kind of throwing it hard. While while we're still on this subject of race, I think it's important to remember that you know Bucky, Bucky gave Sam a lot of shit for giving over the shield, but Sam didn't know they were going to make a new Captain America. He thought it was going to a museum. So right. you have like this government lying to not only one of you know it's. It's, you know, military members, but you also have them lying to a man who just saved, yes, the country, but also the world. You know, like, would would they have lied like that to anybody else? Would they have lied like that to Bucky? Would they have lied like that to Bruce Banner? Would they have lied like that to Doctor Strange or Ant-Man? I don't know. You know, but... To, to finish this conversation on race with the with the show, I do like how at the end, you know, Sam solved his problems by community, reaching out to those family members that helped get the boat back together, helped fix things that needed to be fixed. And that's where it starts in the real world as well. We don't have to go out and get this money from you know these banks and these corporations there's enough people that if you can come together you can make great things happen on your own and we saw that and i think that was probably the best part of the show for me as far as arts go to see this man who shouldn't be you know begging these people for money reaching out to these people who are like him and them coming to his aid uh, it was nice. You know, you you touched on something. I I never looked at it in the lens of how Sam really achieved the success he was looking for via community. That was an underlining message that I'm glad you enlightened me on because now I want to go back and watch it with a more critical eye. And then your explanation, Alvarez, is so spot on. Like it, it's really a good 
learning lesson for all of us to take in our present day lives right now. Like, thanks for bringing that to my attention, man. Of course, man. You know, like for for all is for all is said, you know, like Disney Disney attempted something attempted to do something good in this climate. You know, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought it was just another throwaway. I didn't. I didn't have any like high expectations for any of these shows. Um, I really, I really liked the issues that they touched upon more than the shows, and it, it, it's it's interesting, you know, like even seeing Bucky being the only being the only token again. He went from being the only white dude in Wakanda, and now he's the only white dude in Sam's neighborhood. But you know, he just. <laughs> He fit Always in. Like, in. <laughs> he, he cool people, you know what I'm saying? So that that's another thing, you know. It, it goes off to where you know it's deeper than skin color. It's about the character, you right. know. So and it just it, it really goes to show you, like they talk about more, like you just said, it, it goes deeper than skin toning and it goes into your character uh, but it also goes into your profession because the way it shows it like you know you think about Bucky you think about Sam you think about Sharon these are all people you think about Isaiah these are all people who you know had dedicated their lives to you know fighting for their country and all four of them basically got shot on like you know they're all people who are basically having to rebuild their lives because of, you know, whether it be the blip or just going through situations that, you know, no one really cares about them. You know, it's like, hey, thank you for your service, but I can't do nothing for you. And it's it's similar and really a parallel to the way that not just black people or, or minorities are, are treated, but it's also to the way that, you know, America treats their, you know, soldiers. Um, and I thought that was, uh, it, they, it touched on a lot of small things. Uh, it touched on a lot of big topics in kind of minute ways, but I like how they did it in a way that was relatable. Definitely. Um, just one time for the one time. Shout out to Elijah Bradley before we before we end this topic because he's stepping to Avengers about his granddad because he's known what he's gone through. And I don't know if Elijah has any powers. I don't know if he's packing. I don't know if he's. Um, I don't know. But I saw no fear in that young man's eyes. Anytime you know a super soldier and all the training we discussed Sam Wilson had pulled up. I don't know if it was because he was confident his granddaddy could beat their ass or if he was confident in his own skills, but shout out to that young man. And Chris, I I can answer that for you right now. (laughs) It's neither. It's not confidence in his granddad. Bruh, man, you understand what people growing up in the inner city thinks how they feel. They have to be tough. They have to stand tall. I don't think Elijah was standing tall just because he wanted to put on a show or he had confidence in his ability or his grandfather's ability. He's standing tall because that's the only way you're programmed to be in that environment. And I also think that was a real portrayal. Like, you can't just, in a sense, 
be naive as Sam Wilson's character walk up to this person's door and just expect, you know, casual right. conversation with, with, you know, a level of sincerity. I understand right. that it's not the norm. I understand you can't expect that from other environments and other cultures, but I also felt as if that was an accurate portrayal. And it's not just uh, a black white thing. It's more so an economic level. When you right. go it's, through the hood, it ain't sweet. And I think Sam needed to experience that. No, I feel like it's really an unfortunate reality, but the, the truth of the matter is that, you know, um, naivete is something that is really unaffor- is really only afforded to the privilege like sometimes you have to maintain your your guard to maintain your safety Sam been hanging out in the Avengers tower too long forgot what it was like in the hood apparently <laughs> you know what i mean no but yeah last last thing um Anthony Mackie, the actor who portrays Sam Wilson, recently said that um, that there were not a lot of black crew members on set for the show. So while these corporations are, you know, trying to put up this front that they understand our plight, they understand what we're going through, trying to be allies, the bare minimum they could do is, you know, give these people jobs working on these types of projects who knows what type of input a black person could have made on this show as a as a light man who notices something you know like that that says more than any story you can create what you do in real life says a lot more you know actions speak louder than words right I mean, you can even equate it to something as, as as similar as like a hair salon. You go to a black hair salon because they understand black hair. Uh, why wouldn't you you want a black you know lighting guy who understands what what type of skin you know what light works best for black skin? Even even little things like things like that. Like, and it's 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 not hard to employ my minorities. You know, they're in the the business. Hire them. You can't talk about the story of and talk about the struggle of black plight and not do anything to do it like help it while you're continuing to benefit from it. Absolutely. Mitch, got anything to add on that? I honestly feel like you both said everything that needed to be said. You know, I don't want to waste the audience's time echoing you guys' point. Um, yeah, man, that's a that's an ultimate mic drop. You know, hey. your sincerity in your efforts shows to who you employ, shows to who you're signing them checks to, not who you're catering the audience to, not who message you're trying to get across, but who are you playing, who are you empowering, who are you allowing to grow? Mm. And if you feel that way, like you got sit on the head, put your money where your mouth is, write those checks to these individuals that can give you an inauthentic black story or authentic black experience. All right. Or, or can provide the best content to cater to us in our likeness. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if you got that one black guy for he like, yo, bro, what if you just did this? And you're like, oh, shit, that's a great idea, black man. 
Talk to me <laughs> right, real right. quick. <laughs> awesome. Great, great discussion, guys. We just tackled race. We're going to move on to what the future holds for the new Captain America right after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the Nerdin' with Friends podcast. You know who I am. You know who he is. But we got our dog Mitch with us. What it do, baby? Now let's move on to what's coming up next in the MCU revolving around Captain America and maybe the Winter Soldier. Now I'm gonna call him Bucky. He's not the Winter Soldier anymore. He's not the Winter him. Soldier. Good for right. him. It started as the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier ended as Captain America and Bucky. Went all the you way back to the forties. Yo, so so check me out. Check me out. Do you do we feel like it's gonna stay Captain America and Bucky, or is the is the White Wolf coming? Cause would you like? Wouldn't it be dope if the next season it transitions to Captain America and the White Wolf? Cause they keep calling him the White Wolf. Like we've heard him being referred to as the White Wolf more times than anything in this in this show. Nah, he was we definitely called the White Soldier more than anything. They disrespected him a lot through this show. But that disrespect got to end at some point, right? They treated Bucky like a nigga. Hey, Bucky! Apparently, that boy at least light skinned the way he 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 chill at the cookout. But um, and he they already the talked about all the time you know that got him one Sarah and whatnot. He tried, boy. He gonna get. He, he probably smashing on a low low. He ain't want nobody touching that shield but the kids. Right. Shout out, shout out to Bucky. Bucky, but, hell, man. I we know at least three upcoming projects that could feature um, some characters that we were either introduced to or reintroduced to inside of um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that was Young Avengers, the upcoming Captain America 4, and the Okoye show um, that I assume will prominently feature Wakanda and Adora Milaje. Which one of those projects are y'all most excited for? Um, Yo, you know what? Honestly, it's got to be a mix of the Captain America 4 because I'm really, I'm really holding tight to this white, this white wolf thing. Like, I feel like it's coming, and knowing that, you know, hearing about Wakanda having a major role within this next movie, I feel like why wouldn't he get a suit at some point? Like Bucky ain't got no suit. Bucky is like one of the only ones who hasn't really had a suit. He's fighting in uh, his his casuals or that's. Um, more army like get up he got from Wakanda. Um but also really the Young Avengers man. I I, I I can't stress it enough how excited I am for the Young Avengers. Mitch, Mitch, I'm, I'm gonna go with Captain America for so with, with with this choice for me, it's more so seeing how they're going to expand on the Sam Wilson Captain America story out because if you want to get this for one TV show, one movie, and maybe somehow you got to go back in time for their Chris Evans character, Steve Rogers, or somehow we have to sort of reset the MCU and this is a one trick pony. I'm going to be disappointed, but I, I just want to experience that. I just really want to see 
how much they dwell into a building upon this TV series and B building up Sam Wilson as Captain America because I think the audience are going to sort of be Captain America fatigue after seeing the arc of Steve Rogers, knowing that Young Avengers, eventually the Fantastic Four, eventually Blade, eventually X-Men, knowing that Marvel is going to be marketing and promoting their diversity of roster space. They're going to have to do something to captivate and keep the audience drawn in to Sam Wilson's portrayal of Captain America. So, and I think for that reason, that's why I'm locked in on that upcoming film. Well, do we know um, how much, uh, Chris, do we know about the upcoming films and, you know, television show? Oh, we don't know shit. <laughs> so, so basically everything we, we session right now is just all speculation. It's all speculation, but um, I, I would definitely, I think, you know, I'm sorry to give what kind of the short end of the stick, but those other two are really the ones that I'm most interested in. Yeah. A lot of the same reasons y'all are saying, but to add in some new stuff, I would like to see more of U.S. Agent. I hope he appears in the movie. Um, yeah. Like, that actor stole the show to me. Like, he, when he was, you know, like, he made, it's one thing to, like, like a character, but, like, for you to hate one, for you to go through a gambit of emotions yeah. about a character, it, it really, you know, says something to the actor. And he was getting death threats. And, you know, that's when people take it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. People are crazy, but in that same vein, I get where the hatred comes from and you want to get it out. But, you know, remember, these people are people at the end of the day pretending but U.S. agent, like, you like him? Well, first, you, you don't like him because of how he's introduced as a replacement, right? Yeah. The, like, and, his his portrayal kind of pushes you not to like him, but I think that was on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I disagree. But, I disagree. Uh-oh. I believe... Right. I believe... I, it, I didn't dislike him just because how he was presented to us as a character, I understood him. Because mm-hmm. I understood the initial animosity and pushback. But I honest to God feel like US agent's character did everything he possibly could to clear the air to work together. Understandably so, Bucky and uh, Sam weren't trying to hear that. I can understand that. And they have the right to. They certified. They mm-hmm. they Avengers. You're the new cat. But I also understand U.S. agents say, at the end of the day, they gave me the shield. at an ask for it. You had the opportunity to wear the shield. You said, no, I'm here to do my job. Y'all going to work with me? Cool. If not, let me know. And I'm going to keep it moving. And I feel like from that level of understanding and the fact that U.S. agent empathized with Sam and Bucky so much, he tried to level with them and get common ground. Yeah. I won't say I disliked him. I personally understood where he was coming from. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I, I, throughout the entire thing, I don't think he was, like you said, he was someone that you kind of understood. Like the first time you really see him, you see him going through this whole, his position of him not feeling like 
he is worthy to pick up the shield. Like he's not worthy of the mantle to become the next Captain America. And, you know, immediately you kind of resonate, you know, because that's what Sam felt. So you understand, you like, you immediately see that parallel um, and you understand the gravitas of what that, what it means to pick up the shield. And, so just to, just to cut you off, when I say when I first introduced I mean, at the end of the first episode, you see this motherfucker walk down these stairs and you're like, who the fuck is this with Captain America shield? They want you to not like him. Oh, yeah. No, no, I definitely got that feel. So I, uh, undoubtedly got once that feel. Yeah, yeah, they, they push you to dislike him. Once you meet him and you see him talking to Lamar and his wife, fiance, whoever it is, when he's in his high school locker room, you understand like, hey, this was you his know, guy. He was just a guy given a role. And he's right. trying, he's trying to do the best he can do. I was more Man, upset with I was more upset with the way Sam and Bucky were. I understand Bucky. He's a he's an old white man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he don't like change. You know, Sam, it's like I understand where he probably felt from. I feel like Sam's aggression toward US agent, he was taking it out on America. Mm-hmm. And then you see, you know, U.S. Asian, he probably had the best development because you think at the Absolutely. end he's going to be like this main villain and he ends up helping save the day. I don't know what he's, what the future holds with him talking to that lady and everything they got going on, but. Well, would you, how, how big are you guys on spoilers? Because I could tell you a little something about who that lady is supposed to be. Holla at your boy. Let go. So Code name spoilers. Uh, that lady is actually um, there's a possibility uh, we'll we'll get we'll we'll find out in the Black Widow movie, but I'm pretty sure that is Madame Hydra. So he is working not for the good guys. He just doesn't know it. Well, hey, but, that, that that falls in line because he was working for the bad guys before and he didn't know it. Right. So it's either so it's either he's gonna fall in line with the with Hydra or he's gonna fall in line with the Thunderbolts. So but either either way. <laughs> Thunderbolts. That's an interesting one. Yeah. But as far as the young Avengers, um uh, I think they're gonna need a leader, obviously. And if you know Elijah becomes Patriot. Do y'all see him possibly leading the Young Avengers? I think he got too much sass, bro. <laughs> like, I, I it's not it's not that I believe he can't. I just don't feel like he's he has the temperament of a leader. I feel like he's more of a let's get this shit done kind of a guy. I feel like their leader is gonna come from like either uh, a, a Cassie Lang or. Um, Harley, maybe. I don't know if y'all know. I don't know if y'all y'all have been uh, looking at the airwaves lately, but they've been talking a little more about Harley being introduced in one of the like the feature Spider-Man films. Uh, so it's a possibility that he may transition into Iron Lad. So you know, if he ends up with them, you know, young Tony, I feel like he he may try to take more of a leadership like role. You know, in 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 remembrance of you know Tony starting the Avengers, 
four. I think those are good options. I'm just going to go with Nick Fury. He <laughs> led the first group. He's going to lead the young group, at least for the first two movies. Uh, it's the low-hanging fruit, and I'm going to take it. And, I de- and to, to go with that, like I definitely feel like Nick Fury will have a better um, chance leading the younger Avengers as he, uh, than he would the older Avengers. So, mm. I think also, too, being that Marvel has been able to secure Samuel Jackson for multiple films, why not utilize his talent? Why not really maximize your asset completely? If you have them, I don't know what the contract is, but if you have them under wraps, if you can get them in, why not have him be Samuel L. Jackson leading, grooming, and preparing young kids? They always look for a comedic element with their movies. Samuel Jackson is that element if you are empowering him in terms of, you know, as I just alluded to, leading, training, and developing a new group of Avengers. Right. You know he's always going to be a quality role. Right. That process in itself is entertainment just by Samuel Jackson being Nick Fury. True. So no matter, like, you can put all the all these young up-and-coming actors and actresses into these roles and let them, you know, grow into these characters while you still got Sam there. Mm. And then when characters get a little bit older, you can start bringing people back and that's when you start pulling people back. Hey, man, Disney and Marvel about to be killing the game for the next 20 years. Absolutely. And I'm going to say this too. Results, box office, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury leading the Young Avengers gets butts and seats. Young Mm. up-and-coming actors leading the Avengers it's going to get it streamed a lot. It's a yeah. big difference. With, with with Nick Fury being in space right now, and I think he might be the director of S.W.O.R.D., I don't know who is going to be handling S.H.I.E.L.D. at this moment, ever since the guy got arrested at the end of WandaVision. So maybe they bring Black Widow back. I don't know. Well, well Maria Hill's still out there, too. Mm, I was thinking more of um, God damn it, uh, Rambo, possibly. Oh, Monica Rambo. Well, she's going in space too. Yeah, but she might be back. You think I, she'll be I back feel, by then? I feel like it. I feel like she would come back before Nick Fury. I can see that. I feel like she'd definitely be a better trainer too. Especially, she already has a connection with the uh, Monica or Rwanda's kids. Nick just needs to give orders. That's true. But yes, put him in the movies because that will put butts to seats. So I don't know how many people are familiar with this, but there were some rewrites done to um, the show because of the pandemic, the coronavirus. There was some type of pandemic inside of the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We saw it with the, um, I think it was the second or third episode where um, they're going after the Flag Smashers because they stole a vaccine that really never gets talked about again. Um, Donya Paloma, uh, Carly's mother figure, who when we meet her, she's already dead. And when they note that she died of tuberculosis in that scene if you notice the actor isn't really saying it like there's just a there's a reaction shot to them hearing it 
and that could have been because of the reshoots. Um, yeah, that, um, it's like within the reshoots, like there was, um, I did, I started doing my, a little bit of research and there was so much more that was supposed to be told about Danya Paloma, even her, even her namesake means mother of the world. Um, when she died, she was holding this little amulet. I believe it was uh, the Amber sign holding the the world. So it was just kind of a transition to kind of a showing a reflection of that. And, you know, for everyone, as far as the Flag Smashers are concerned, it, it just showed, it gave them more credence to why they were doing what they were doing, as opposed to them just kind of seeing, seeming like uh, kind of mindless terrorist. Absolutely. You know, um, I can understand that um, why you would want to do something like that. People are going through a lot, but black people are also going through a lot and they didn't change any of that. <laughs> and like, I feel like adding that would have made it a lot more realistic. A lot more people would relate, you know, yeah. and also, another part of that rewrite, um, there was a lot of time spent in, um, dang, Codename, help me refresh my memory, the place they went to go meet. Um, oh, Madripoor? Yeah, which is in Asia. And yeah. you saw the way, um, God, what was the villain's name? Uh, uh, Power Broker? Power broker, my dog is on it tonight. <laughs> one time for the one time. <laughs> hey, we got you. The way you know, power broker could have started the virus in that Asian country, that right. Asian territory, and I I think they didn't want to piss off the Chinese people. That's, nah, that's it'll, it'll that's been a little bit theory. insensitive. Especially finding out that the power broker turns out to be Sharon Carter, knowing Sharon Carter turns out to end, to end up in the end, get back working with the U.S. It's just, it's too close to home. It's it's a lot of craziness with that. I hope they release, like, the full shoot one day. Like, give, give me the way that you meant it to be. You know, give me that. Release the virus cut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give me that. I'm, I'm going to need that. Um, and lastly, let's just talk about some of the characters we enjoyed through this. We talked about Falcon a lot. We talked a little bit about Bucky. Let's start with him. I think I, I felt real good. I, I, I felt happy for Bucky at the end of this, seeing everything he went through. Bucky's gone through a lot, and I'm glad that he was able to get some type of peace. I agree. I also want to add in Bucky was not only my favorite character throughout this show, but he was the voice of reason. I re as a, a black viewer, I related more with Bucky than I did with Sam. Yeah. As a viewer of Marvel comic book fandom, I enjoyed the Winter Soldier's character more than I enjoyed Falcon. And then I think the results speak for itself. I know Sebastian Stan has this new show coming out. He really wasn't a solo actor like that. He wasn't really doing his thing like that. I, I really believe Sebastian Stan did a, a phenomenal job playing his character. I believe Bucky's strengths was highlighted, and he was never really 
minimized to be sort of like a, a weaker character, cool. Yeah, the Wakandan has sort of like a, a safe button on his arm, right? But you didn't really feel like they made his character weak for the sake of the story, you know? I liked how he overcame Zenmo. I like how Zenmo kept trying to read off the the what the phrases, whatever it takes to turn Bucky into the Winter Soldier. He kept his composure. It, it, man, I, I really felt like for everything Disney wanted to accomplish in this show, building up Bucky was a success. Absolutely. Yeah. That scene in Wakanda where it showed him, like, you know, um, basically... Oh, when he, when he showed him in the cave and he was with Io and he was basically... Yeah, breaking, basically, like, showing that he was free. Like, yeah. like I felt that, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh having, gosh. like, that, that liberation, that feeling, you know, like, to be free, that you, you look at a character like Bucky and you think, like, that's not somebody that you can relate to in that sense, you know, like... I was thinking maybe I could feel that in Sam, like he's been freed of something. But I really felt that with Bucky, knowing that, you know, he's overcome this huge obstacle that he's had for for years. And just the acting was on point as well. Shout out to everybody involved with that scene. And I think like like as far as a, on a production standpoint, they did it at a really good time because they did, they showed you that after you saw really everything that he was going through mentally and emotionally. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who went through a long period of time where he had no emotions at all. Like he's just like, you know, cold blooded killer. And, in and just, out of cooler. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, just knocking off anybody that saw him. Like Rick the Ruler, uh, but uh, to see how he actually felt about things, to see like how deep and how how close he felt, like he really took to how S- Steve felt about him. You know, that was like his his model of of existence. You know, if Steve, you felt like he was he was a good person, then that's all he needed. Uh, you you saw you know him go to that point where he really kind of broke down to Sam trying to talk to him about about uh, Sam taking or not taking the shield and one of the biggest reasons why he felt like he was upset about it is because if Sam felt like he wasn't right then Steve wasn't right about him and that meant something to him so it it showed that throughout everything that's been going on and they said it for the first time like he's just been fighting for what do you say like 90 years he died and he started fighting again like it's that's all he's done you know literally since the last time you saw him leave in uh what's it uh Captain America the first uh, the first avenger he ain't, he ain't been doing nothing but fighting since. And when you think about it like that, like in between that kind of a life, you, you're you left with kind of a shell of a person. And to see that he has so much humanity, despite all of that, it was it's kind of remarkable. Ross. Uh, bro, <laughs> <laughs> bro hey. but if we talk about stole the show, though. 
Can we give a shout out to the ladies from Wakanda real quick? How they came up there and bust up everybody. We got you. <laughs> we, we got to talk about one thing in the show. The ladies came to right. fucking get shit done. Oh my, it's about time. Um, I was talking to my dad, you know, the our, our resident Black Panther, and um, this was the first time we really got this chance to see them get down, man. Like, we never see them fight regular-ass people. We got to see them fight all these monsters and really shit that it... Now I won't say they ain't got no business dealing with, but it's like... They got down with the get-down. That's what happened, bro. It's about time. You know what I mean? US US agent was out that bit looking goofy, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I believe in uh, cinematic order... I don't want to like say the wrong words here. That beatdown happened at the appropriate time for U.S. agent because you remember earlier in that show he was tracking Carly, and then he got a hold of the potion. We don't know if he took the super storm. I I believe he did. He got his ass kicked, sat to himself in his own little monologue, and then went on to state. They're not even superhumans. They're not even super. Bro, that shit was hilarious, bro. So the fact that they did what they did and and that compound with the fact that U.S. agent was really going through it at that moment, I felt like that scene gave us a two for one in this TV series. I don't know if he had taken the serum yet. I think that definitely influenced his decision after he got his ass beat that bad. My favorite part was when they dropped Bucky arm and people was looking so confused. Like he got to be able to take this shit off for something. Why would the people that gave him the arm not know how to take the bitch off? But when she That's said, a good point. when she said, boss, damn you, James, she ain't calling white. Well, that nigga James, right. <laughs> nigga James boy. no, he felt the type of way. But yeah, my bad, dog. We can get nah, on. Nah, you Z good. Though. You good? Cause like I, 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 I'm glad that you, uh, you didn't allow me to gloss over that ass whooping because shout they out, put that shit in quick. Shout out to Zemo and his damn his dance moves. Not only that, but for becoming a better villain. The thing about the MCU is people always talk down on their villains. They don't last long. They're they're pretty one note. You got Thanos, Loki, Killmonger, then everybody else kind of falls underneath. Zemo kind of, you know, reasserted himself to as, you know, he's like a cunning, manipulative, get shit done type of character. And we really couldn't see him do much in Civil War. That fight was between the heroes. But we got to remember, if it wasn't for him, the Avengers probably would have been together, probably could have stopped Thanos. Right. All this happened because he broke up the Avengers. It was like powerless Loki. Right. No, so yeah, it, it was good to see um him be improved to such an extent. Um I feel like they also used his character to introduce the idea of new worlds. I, I keep seeing a whole lot of things about the possibility of a Latvia or a Latveria um, appearing where Sokovia used to be. Home of Dr. Doom. Um, it's, it's 
things are looking bright for the Marvel Universe. Um, one thing I will say, though, and I know I'm looking at our docket right now, and it says she got worse. But I like I like kind of a a, a bad Sharon Carter, man. I, I I feel like this is this is how you become an an agent Carter when you can work both angles. You know, you you double it, you, you double agent uh, Carter at this point because this is the role that Black Widow would have would have played before she got big. Cause I don't know, who you, uh, I don't give a fuck what you say. Ain't no way Black Widow was a spy as an adventure. I know who you are, <laughs> but Sharon, the power broker, Mitch, bitch. To be honest with you all, I, I'm not overly excited about that. It's cool if she's a double agent. It's cool if she's ultimately good turn bad. Like, however they choose to use. Sharon Carter, I think it's going to be awesome, right? Like, she did, you know, she did a whole bunch of nothing <laughs> besides make herself know within the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. However, I'm personally not too interested in her character. I'm hoping she falls in line with the the Marvel villain line. Like, she's just one and done. out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm hoping so, <laughs> personally. Uh, I, again, like, nothing against the character Sharon Carter. I just think they're doing so much and that it's so much. You only have the same 30 minutes. You only have the same 40 minutes per episode. And I just yeah. think they still have other things to do justice on before building up Sharon Carter. That's all. Uh, no, nah, I don't think she's going to make it to season two. I don't think there is going to be a season two. I don't think none of these motherfuckers getting season two. They don't need them. They really they all, they all spinning off in the movies. They don't. They really don't. <laughs> no, nah, because I think in reality, like, you rather see new stuff after the movies come out. Like, you allow this to build you up into movies, but I think that's all it needs to be. Well, let's end with this. What would y'all give Falcon and the Winter Soldier on a scale of one to five? Uh, can we do half, like half rating? Of course. Okay. Kone, comment. You go first. <laughs> I give it a. I give it a four point two. Four point two. Wow. Okay. Reason. I feel like I feel, I I really did enjoy it. I feel like uh, one of the things it it was what I expected it to be. Uh, after watching you know WandaVision, I I really expected Falcon the Winter Soldier to be a lot more grounded, and with that grounding, I expected it to expand the story a lot more. And it. Um, so I, I was I was happy to see that I was uh, I was really um, kind of blown away by the fighting. Like everybody was out that bit scrapping. Uh, mostly, you know, mostly Falcon. You know, I've been waiting for a minute to see like him really cut loose, and I I feel like losing some of those fights or not, he really was kind of going off. Um, and to see. The, the end, you know, him being that 
technically sound Captain America, like the suit really basically coming right off of the comic book. Like it was, it was everything that I needed to see. Um, but it could have been better. I'd give it a solid four. You know, um, like I said earlier, I really like the themes that they hit on. I think I would have liked it a lot more if it wasn't for the reshoots and we had a more of a cohesive storyline. One of the characters we didn't really get um, to talk about, we can probably do a little bit about that right now if y'all want, was uh, Carly, the leader of the Flag Smashers. And I just really couldn't get behind her cause. Like, I understood it, but maybe she just, as a villain, it wasn't enough for me to, you know, she wasn't really a sympathetic villain to me. You know, the things she was doing, they they were very, like, very extremist. And yeah. Sam alluded to that when he talked to her. And I, I don't know, just I would have liked to see more development for that villain. You already have, you know, people know who Sam and Bucky are. This would be the time to, you know, build up on the villain somewhat whenever mm-hmm. we had these moments. But it was really her just doing bad things and being sad. And I need right. a little bit more than that. I want to give it a, a 4.3. I know that's like the highest rating out of the three of us that I feel like in our private conversations. I'm the one that's a little bit more critical uh, than both of you two. But <laughs> I, I do want to say 4.3 because as I really take it in, really listening to this conversation, so on and so forth, for me, they use a lot of assets, people that have had movie screen time, mm-hmm. established characters. They, We all agree done a great job by Bucky. Yeah, done an okay job touching on race issues and developing Isaiah Bradley. Throwing in a Sharon Carter, hopefully the one and done villain that's a problem. And bringing back uh, George's St. Pierre's character again. Yeah, I, yes, I was but, not seeing Bachrock. truck. As, as much thing as this TV series can improve on, I don't want to look back years from now and then feel like we didn't appreciate the level of TV series we get. Because when we talk in live action superhero TV series, we oh, had WandaVision, but like they really did that shit when it comes to Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I don't want did my old, after really just taking everything in, I don't want my overly critical eye to just get in the way of what you said. They, they really did that shit, bro. That's very profound, my friend. But that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, I'm excited for the new Captain America. You know, my Captain America is black and my Lambo is blue. Let's get it. (laughs) I'm ready for the future of the MCU. They took a year off. They're coming back with a vengeance. This was another great stepping stone in this masterpiece that we've all been witness to since 2008. And uh, if you uh, you catching this when this comes out, I think this should be coming out probably like next week or so. Uh, Loki will probably be out by then, so check that out too. 
Boy, Loki dropping two days. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This will be out next week. <laughs> Will it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got we got a, we got the Invincible one dropping tomorrow. And we do got that dropping tomorrow. I'm over here looking at it right now. Hey, y'all be ready for that shit. That shit. By down. the way, fellas, I appreciate you guys bringing me on for this episode, but. Selfishly speaking, I would have loved to be on for the Invincible episode. K-Mitch, we would have loved to have you for Invincible, but we got you here now. That's all that matters, and it's not going to be the last time. And it's not going to be the last time. (laughs) Hopefully. I'm going to stop blowing your phones up. (laughs) Hey, man. Hey. I'm I'm, going to tell her like you told us. Hey, fans, K-Mitch, he hit us up, said he wants to be a part of this 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 growth and this conglomerate and and then the 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 building of nerding with friends. So y'all gonna hear him a lot more. Let him know, dog. Let him know. But until next time, y'all, it's been me, your boy C Row Money Money. That's C dot R O double dollar sign. And me, your boy Codename Comment. Y'all have a great one. And thank you again for joining us, my nigga Mitch. That boy Mitch. Shout out to my nigga Mitch. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate y'all boys having me for real, for real, bro. This was oh, dog, I'm, I'm like dead ass, bro. You got to be here more, bro. And we out, chill.